Okay, so let's turn to, to 1 John. We are, we are just beginning a series there last week, and you know, it seems like so often the message of any organization can so easily get off point. People get back to their initial vision or what the starting point was, whether you're talking about your business or a ministry or a church, how fast things can slide off. You think, wait, how are we doing this? This used to be what we emphasized. This used to be what we were about. And really, as you go through First John, as I said last week, it seems like that's one of what is on his heart is that he's later, he's writing later in the first century. We think John, his letters and Revelation, we think are probably the clo- some of the closing books of, of the New Testament. Put, you put Jude in there. So one of the things he'd be super concerned about before he passes on is to make sure he is passing on a gospel that is true and pure and that things don't get, things don't get disrupted or, or that things don't get uh, watered down in any way. Through the book of First John, we're going to see him say so often, especially next week we go through the rest of chapter 1, he's going to say, if we say this... You know, or if we say this, he's just going to let you know what's being talked about or what, what kind of things are being said in Jesus' name that he feels like he's got to correct now at this, point, at this point in time. The message of Jesus, it's always been tampered with. It seems like it's always been, you know, adjusted. Some of us have found that in our journey that, you know, it's been easier to make Jesus easier than he really was. You know, or, or like Pastor Ted just shared, we, we, it's easy for us to communicate to people, no, no, trust Jesus, it'll be good. It'll be good, but maybe not in the good way people think we're saying that, you know, that we adjust that, or the, certainly in these days, the scriptures are being modified by so many, even evangelicals, that is this really inspired? Is it really true? Is it really accurate? Can you really rely on it? Is it really what was passed down at the beginning? Is Jesus really the only way? It's hard to say this. Is, is judgment, is he judgment really for eternity? Is it really conscious? Is it really in that way? All these things that are being adjusted. And so here's a book that, the, a letter that God has put in the forever book so that we could keep coming back to what is true and, and what is right and we could experience the right thing. We've called... We've called the series Keeping It Real, which is what seems like John wants to do. Today, there seems to be a focus that he has of making sure that we experience the right thing, that there's an experience that God wants you to have with him, fellowship, whatever the word is you want to put in there. There's an experience he wants you to have as a follower of his that he wants to be the real thing. You know, because often you'll talk to people, I'll talk to people, and they'll tell me about their walk with Jesus and how blessed they are and what they're doing I'd be thinking, man, this area of your life, he is not blessing that because it's, it's wrong. I mean, he says this is wrong, so don't, don't try to dress that. I mean, we all do that. I know, you know, well, I haven't forgiven this person, but God hasn't opened up the door to forgive him yet. Yeah, he hasn't for- opened that door because he opened that at the cross, you know, and he's commanding you to forgive her. However we do that. So he wants you to experience the real thing. And so in these opening verses, John is making such a point so, to, so that we understand this is the real thing. So I want to just read the first four verses of 1 John 1. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked upon and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest and we've seen it, testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifest to us. That which we've seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, that you too may have fellowship with us. 
Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that our joy may be complete. But there's just so many, so many things in there that are connected. It's just, you know, this First John is my kind of book. I love to read it. It's short enough that you can see all the connections. I actually printed out First John and then just started going through and highlighting and drawing my lines and keys and things. I was sitting down with Pastor Ted this week and he looked at it and he said, remind him of the movie A Beautiful Mind, if, if you've ever saw that. But it is just all these connections that I think God has just put in the Word. And I think for those of you that are maybe newer to Jesus, you've read the Bible, and maybe you've read First John, or you read the Gospel of John, you think, yeah, I've read that. Boy, those connections, they're just waiting for you every time you read it again and again and again. I've never, so many things that I've never seen. I love it on the one hand because I love to see that. I love it on the other hand because it's job security, really, isn't it? Every time you see, I see something, I have something new for you. If I come up one week and say, that's all I got, that's probably all I'll get. Yeah. So that sense where John has put so much here to just set us off on this book to say, I've had an experience of the real thing. I want you to have an experience of the real thing. So he just makes some really initial, standard, solid statements here. He starts off and he just tells us, this message of Jesus, it's a reliable message. That's huge in our day, that this is a reliable message. I talk to people often, young you know, kids that have grown up in Christian home, others who will talk to me about, listen, I, I want to deconstruct my faith. That's the phrase now. So that I can get to what do I believe so that it's not just what's passed on to me, but what I believe for myself. That's a brilliant thing, except I never really hear that or I never really see that carried through. It's important if you do that to then build it back together to see what scripture says. That's your goal. Satan would love to help you dismantle this and so john starts off his letter making sure for us for his early readers that this is reliable it's from it's a message that's from the beginning it's from the very beginning i want you to see something that that was really significant to me you might have seen this or heard this or read this somewhere this is the beginning of the gospel of john and then the beginning of this letter i was thinking it'd be a little clearer than that i was toying with it but yeah i'll just read it. it says this is the gospel in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. The beginning of the letter, that which was from the beginning, which we've heard and seen with our eyes and looked upon and touched with our ears. And then he, he goes on in the gospel, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of, of all mankind. He goes on in the letter, he says, you know, that which we've seen with our eyes, Looked upon with our, which we've looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life was manifest and we've seen it and we testify to it and proclaim to you eternal life which was with the Father and which was manifest to us. And the gospel, you need to know that this started at the very beginning and that this is a message about life. In the, in the letter, I'm writing to you about something that existed in the beginning and that I want to tell you about life. And then you go on a little bit further in the gospel and the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And so you have this light that will show up more so at the end of, the, at the end of this section, but the, more so in the, in the end of chapter one. At the very end of the letter, it says, we proclaim to you that God is light in him is no darkness at all. So you have, that, you have this theme that light has penetrated the world to bring life with it. In the gospel, there's a man sent from God 
whose name was John. And he came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. That true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Over on the other side, in the letter, in that second line, it says, uh, or it says, we've seen it, we testify to it, we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father, was manifest to us, and this is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and is him is no darkness at all. So John is, he's almost picking up from the gospel days and saying, what I wrote about Jesus' life, my, testi- my testimony about him then is still my testimony to, about him now. That this is a message that's reliable because it's a message about this, this person that has been from the beginning, from the beginning, never had a beginning. Wherever you put the beginning, he was there. I remember when I first, somebody first was teaching to me, talking to me about the eternality of God. I can, I can grasp the fact that God li- will live forever and ever. I can grasp this direction. Just can't grasp this direction, that God has always existed. I mean, my mind can go that 10 trillion years ago, God existed. Okay, 20 trillion years ago, God existed. It just blows m- our finite mind, or at least mine, to think he always was. But that's the eternality of God. And John starts this gospel. This is a reliable message because it concerns this person it has been from the beginning, who's, who started before starting ever came to being, who, who, then, was, who then appeared on the scene and has been tes- testified to. John's going to verify that, that Jesus' message, it, it's never changed. You read the gospel and then you read the letter, you know, decades later, there's no update or there's no upgrade, and there's no changing. And, and John it doesn't have to write, hey, I said this happened, but it really didn't happen. I mean, how many even just news anchors have had to resign because they said stories about themselves that weren't true and they compromised their integrity? You don't find that in First John. You don't find any corrections. Everything I told you about Jesus was true. In fact, he ends the Gospels and he says, I could fill the world with books about what I saw Jesus do. But, but they were all true, and they're all reliable. He's not, it isn't an old and out-of-date book. It's not an old and out-of-date message. It's something that was from the beginning that now has just come on the scene. It, and it came to us just as God wanted it to come to us. Whatever the bio, whenever is wrong, whatever we find things that are, that are applied wrong or whatever, it's always because the word is being wrongly handled. Never because the word is wrong. People that have used the scriptures to to uh, validate slavery or to validate treating women poorly. That's just a mishandling of the word. That's not the true message. It's a reliable message. And John tells you that he's a reliable messenger, that, that you can trust what he's writing to you. And he's going to do that in a couple of ways. He's going to tell you that you're an eyewitness. You know, you tell me something that happened. I said, well, how do you know? Well, I saw it. You saw it? You were there? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. Boy, that, when somebody says that, it kind of puts an exclamation point on what they're telling you, doesn't it? Saw with my own eyes. What does John say? That which we've seen with our eyes. I didn't just see it. I heard it. Did you really hear it? Did somebody tell you about it? No, I heard it. I heard it with my own ears. And so that's what he says. Which we've seen with our eyes, which, um, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes which we've looked upon. We've seen with our eyes, but then he says we've looked upon. It means we really, we really looked at it. 
We really looked at it. Remember that? Maybe it's, maybe it's in your dating days, or maybe you have a friend that's in town. You bring, you bring somebody that's important to you to a site that's important to you. And you say, hey, look at this. And they go, wow, that's interesting. You say, no, no, look at that. Look at that. Have you had that moment when, no, this is important to me. This is significant. This means something. Look at this. Okay, I'll look at it. However that goes. That's what John's saying. We've seen it with our eyes. No, no. We really looked at that. We saw everything there was to see with Jesus. We did that. And then beyond that, we touched it. We, we, we were hands-on in what we, what we experienced. We passed out the bread. We pulled in the fish, the nets with all the fish in it. We touched his body. We ate the fish that he cooked in the lake after he'd risen from the dead. We have touched this with our hands. And John does this really other, this interesting thing. In the Greek language, you have a, a verb tense or a way of putting the verbs that says, it happened in the past, but it still continues for me. You know, like, uh, I don't know, graduated from high school. Hey, and I'm still graduating from high school. They haven't taken that back yet. You know, I got married in 1979, and miraculously, I'm still married. She's still with me, <laughs> for whatever reason. Yeah, those things happen. John says, what we have seen, and he uses this tense. So he's saying, and it's like I can still see him, that which we have heard, and I still hear his voice, that which we have touched with our own hands, and it's like I'm still leaning on him the night before he died. That's how real this is to John. That's how reliable a witness he is. But then he will loop back through it again in verse 2. The life was manifest, and we've seen it. You, you already told me that, John. And in verse 3, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you. So you've got this reliable message because you have an incredibly reliable messenger. I mean, what lawyer, if you're going into court, wouldn't like a witness like this? You were there? Yeah, I saw what happened. Really? Uh, yeah, I heard it too. You heard, so you were there, you saw whatever it was. Yeah, I actually touched it. I could feel what happened there. And it's like I, I can just picture it perfectly. That is the perfect witness. Hey, when I was in my car accident a couple weeks ago, the guy hit me on Memorial Drive as I'm going into Walmart, and he kind of pushed the car, so I kind of rolled into the outgoing lane from Walmart. So my car's sitting there. There's a guy in a pickup truck that's waiting to go out. So I went around, and I said to him, I said, did you see what happened? And he goes, you know, try not to be cynical. But he goes, no, I was, looking at my, I was looking at my GPS. I'm looking, sitting at the stoplight at Walmart, you know, in the straight line. So you're going to Mass Pike. What's there to see on your GPS? But I didn't say that at the time. <laughs> but, you know, since you've been in those situations, you've got a witness. They just won't witness. Or, you know, thinking, you know, buddy, you know, there's an accident. Nine o'clock Monday morning at Walmart had to be worth looking at. And somebody had to see this, but the people going the other way, they already had the green light, they were gone. The people going the same way as I was hit, they're gone. Nobody's around. There's no witness. There's no witness. And, and the fellow that hit me said he thought it was a yellow light. So, you know, here I am. And, yeah, I appreciate policemen with experience who can read a, read a thing. But, man, if I ever needed a witness, I would have loved someone that said, saw my own eyes, heard of my own ears, touched your car, I saw what happened. Good, come with me. <laughs> Liberty Mutual wants to meet you. You know, how that goes. 
So here we are. This is our faith. So how important is it in a late letter in the New Testament that God lets you have a book of the Bible that says, I saw it, I heard it, I touched it, and it's like I'm still there. And this is what I have to say to you. It's, that's huge to come back to periodically because if, if they're calling for our whole life to revolve around this message, you know, if they're calling for this word to define everything we think is right and wrong and how life works, then it better be reliable. It better be reliable. And so right out of the gate, Jesus is, God is letting you know, this is a reliable message, what we have. This message of Jesus, it's reliable. You can count on it. You can build your life on it. That's the problem with, with people who are wrestling with Jesus or dis, busy deconstructing their faith is that you run into, you have a historical Jesus that you're going to have to engage at some level. You have to deal with the fact that, that he was a historical person, that Christian and, and extra-Christian documents validate his life. They validate that everyone said he rose from the dead, whether you believe it or not. You have to validate the fact that you have a, a New Testament that was being written probably as as, uh, listening to a podcast recently that said probably within 10 years of the resurrection you have the first letters being written so you have a reliable message which is going to be important because john's going to be very upfront about right and wrong and who is who what's a genuine believer look like and what does a genuine believer not look like so it's this message but then he goes on he tells you this message it's a message of life I, I love to see in that focus in this. He says, you know, when he, after he tells you all of these things at the end of verse 2, what is, what is, how does he summarize this up? I summarize it, summarize it up by saying, concerning the word of life, the life that was manifest. I love that because when I, when I speak to Christians, when I speak to people, either Christians who've gotten discouraged and dropped out or people that are not Christians yet, what they think of the gospel or what they think of the message would not be summarized by the word life. But that's what God, that's how John puts it together. What I'm writing to you, what I'm telling you that I've seen and heard and handled is about the word of life. And this life was manifested. It was made visible. It was put out for everybody to see. It's life. Why do you need to come to Jesus? Because he has life to give you. He's going to speak about eternal life through the verse 2. We testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life. That that's what we're trying to offer people. We're trying to offer them forgiveness, but forgiveness so that they can have eternal life, so that they can experience life. We're trying to offer people the gospel and, and encourage them to embrace the gospel and live the gospel because that will give them a level of life, living life, that they've not yet experienced. It will take them to, to, another, to another depth. You can't say the gospel makes bad people good. You know, it does in one sense, but a lot of unsaved people are very good people. Sometimes we get that wrong in, in our looking at lost people. There are some wonderful lost people doing, doing great things for society and for people who founded great organizations. But they're living life at this level where the gospel says you can live life at this level. And some of that ties into what Pastor Ted was saying, that God knows to get us from here to here, there's some things he's got to bring in along the way so that his life can be released in greater ways. He's going to do that. But this is a, it's a message of life. That's what he has to say. All that he's going to, all that he's witnessed and all he's going to write, he sums up in that word, life. What I'm going to tell you is what I've seen concerning the word of life. 
What a, what a name for Jesus. How are you going to refer to him? He was the word of life. I mean, you heard what he had to say, and you just feel like something in you came alive. I mean, you think about those different people that he encountered. He just had a life impact. You know, you think of the, the leper that says to him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus, I'm willing, you know, be clean. The life impact on that man. Now he gets to go back to his family. He gets to work. He gets to live among people. His life, his whole life has been impacted. Or the demonized man that he meets in Mark chapter 5 who's living in the cemetery and screaming out and cutting himself. What a life impact Jesus makes on that man. It says at the end of that episode, he's sitting fully clothed and in his right mind with Jesus. And he wants to go with Jesus and Jesus just release him. No, you just go tell people how good God's been to you. Life impact. Or just where Jesus brings life where there wasn't any. I, I love, I think it's in Luke 9, when Jesus goes into this village of Nain and they're just bringing out, this funeral procession is just coming out and Luke lets you know it's a widow who, and this is her only son. So she has no husband to provide for her and the one that would take care of her son has just died. So she's got nobody. So they're taking him out. So he's died that day. They're burying the same day. Jesus comes up and says, he touches the, the boy's body, touches the young man's body and everybody stops touches that and the, the young man comes back to life i love how luke says he says he gave her back he gave him back to his mother what a great moment that is what a what a moment luke gives you to just step inside the emotion of that moment beyond the healing of that moment what a life impact jesus has made in that what a life-giving impact he's made in that moment He's get that woman that, that has the perpetual bleeding for, what, 18 years who dares to touch him. And then Jesus, Jesus calls her out and, and she announces him, this is what I did. This, I just touched you. I thought maybe if I touched you, I could, I'd stop bleeding and I could get my life back because, because there's the constant bleeding. She's unclean. Because she's unclean, her life is so isolated from other people. So her life is just compromised. And so what does Jesus do? He gives her his life back. All the way through the Gospels, Jesus is he's touching life, he's giving life back, he's speaking about life. Let's, let's look at some of his words in John 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He doesn't come into judgment, but he's passed from death to life. That that moment that you accepted Jesus is your savior. How are the, how are the wording you, you want to use? That moment, you cross from being spiritually dead to being alive forever. You've passed from death to life. Remember, we saw last week at the end of the letter, John says, I'm writing these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you might know you have eternal life because God wants you to know that. Jesus here wants you to know that. He wants you to know what's the doorway to that, believing on me believing in the one who sent me with the mission that he sent me for. And again, like we were trying to get our heads around last week, you have eternal life. You have that. So in John 5, later on in John 5, he says to these religious leaders, you search the scriptures because you think that, they, that in them you have eternal life and it's they who bear witness about me and yet you refuse to come to me that you might have life. Even in that even in kind of that rebuke or that confrontation with religious leaders who were pushing back against him, his heart is for them to come so that they could have life. He says, listen, you're looking in the Old Testament, you're looking in the scriptures, 
because you think you'll have eternal life, they tell about me and I'm right here in front of you. You know, just come because I have life for you. That's what he does. It's a message of life. And then one other in John, in John 10, this verse we know, he speaks about the thief, the evil one, who comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And all of our stories bear witness to what he's been able to, to steal from our lives or what he's killed about us or dreams that he's destroyed. But I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So this whole idea that I don't think it's around so much as, as when I got saved. When I was a teenager, you got saved. You were pretty much saying, I'm willing to get saved and give up all the fun in my life. Yep, I'll do that. I will follow Jesus and live a gray life. And man, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not sure where that came from. I know it was, well, now that you're a Christian, in those days, you can't go to movies and you, you can't play cards and you can't do all of these things. And then somewhere along the line, it was and we're doing this, why? You know? I remember talking to someone, and uh, we were talking about the whole movie thing, and I said, I don't really get that. And they said, well, you know, if you go, to a, if you go see Bambi this week, well, next week, the movie theater might get a horrible movie, and they've used your money to get it. So if I go to the grocery store and I buy milk, <laughs> they might use that money to buy cigarettes. I don't know. What are they, they're going to use... <laughs> Where does this logic start to break down? And, you know, so, so then I remember talking to somebody and it was at their house and just saw their, back in the days we had all the video VHS things, like in a bookcase. And uh, we were talking and, and they were kind of giving me a hard time because by then, seeing it, I realized this is dumb. We go to movies. We go to movies wisely. Uh, and so for you millennials, this is such a non-issue. <laughs> um, but I'm talking to them, and they're so disappointed that I go to movies. I'm looking on their bookshelf, and I'm thinking, you got, you got movies you're watching in your house? I would never watch. <laughs> so how is it that the video you're buying, Blockbuster isn't using to buy, it just, everything just kind of broke down. There was this whole thing that we're losing sight of the fact that Jesus has come, that we have life to the full to the full, that he wants to take these things that are bad in your life and wipe them out. But what he wants to replace them with is something that is just so good and so free and has so much peace associated with it and so much joy associated with it that there's a depth of life that people that are unconnected, disconnected from Jesus can't have. So this whole thing, this whole thing that we're trying to share with people, we can't lose sight of the fact it's a message of life. It's a message of life. And so... People sometimes will come and talk to, to me or Pastor Ted or others because they're married. This is what's going on in my marriage. This is what I've learned about my health. This is what's going on in my kids. This is what's happened with my job. All of which are great reasons to come to the door of salvation. But they can never be the reason to go through the door of salvation. Because we can talk about your marriage and developing some healthy patterns, or we can talk about work and hope for your job, or whatever. We can have all of those conversations, but at the end of the day, it's a matter that you are spiritually dead, and you need to become spiritually alive. And when you become spiritually alive, then there'll be a depth of life that enables you to be a whole different husband or wife, or employee, or boss, or whatever that is. We're always bringing people to salvation because of their need to be, to be forgiven, to be reconciled with God. Because down the road, they're going to have more marriage problems. And we all are. Some of that is the grit that Pastor Ted was talking about. I mean, who can develop endurance in your life like a husband? 
you know, really, if we're, if we're being honest, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. There's, they're going to have marriage problems down the road. They're going to have work problems down the road. They're going to have kid problems down the road. So if somehow we tie the gospel to Jesus will heal your marriage without Jesus will connect you with the Father, then there's going to be disappointment. So there's a life at, at a whole different level. Now, all of the word in this letter is to invite you into experience that life because that's what John is saying. We've seen, the, we've seen it and, and we've, we've experienced this and that's what we're sharing with you is this eternal life. In fact, it's so significant to him that he ties it to his own joy. Do you see that in verse four? We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. That there's something about John's wiring as a servant of Jesus Christ that, that what you do with the truth is tied to how much joy he experiences. That there's a, there's a level of his relationship with Jesus where he carries the heart of Jesus. That Jesus had this wonderful relationship with the Father, a relationship you and I can't have. But it, there's a joy that he experiences that's tied to us, that he wants us to, to step into. Remember all those stories he told about the servants that were given talents or whatever? Sometimes, some of the endings of those stories, he said, enter into your master's joy at the end of it. Hey, the master as your, as your boss, as the manager of the company, the owner of the company, however, whatever direction you want to take that story, we're having this massive celebration. We want you to come in and be part of it. We want you to experience our joy. That's how tied John is to this, that, that he sees this and what he's putting out there for us about life as, as sharing as, as his own joy. He wants you to be as connected to him as you can be because he'll, he'll speak of that. He says in verse 3, that which you've seen and heard, we proclaim to you. Why? So that you too may have fellowship with us. We want you to be deeply connected to us at a spiritual level. How, whatever word you want to use instead of fellowship, uh, can be connected is just the word that, that came to my mind. Because, you know, we'll meet somebody, we're driving home, Cindy will say, man, I really feel connected to that person. Or we'll walk through something with someone and we'll feel like, man, we've, we really feel like we're connected now. That's fellowship. John says, you know, we're passing all of this on to you so that our lives can be connected so that we can live life as God intended at the level God intended, but that we can live life connected. In fact, I think one of my friend's church, that's their byline, is living life connected at a level that people outside of Jesus can't experience. But he invites you into something deeper than that. So you might have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. That there's a connection you can, we can have with each other that also invites in a connection with the Father. So you go from being enemies of the Father in Romans 5 now to being deeply connected to him. So that's the point of the gospel. That's the point of this message is I'm writing this thing. I'm going to testify to these things to you so that you can step into life and we can share that at that level. But we need to take that one home and just really turn out what does that look like? <laughs> In church, what does that look like? And especially in COVID church, what does that look like? Because God, you get a plan for how connected we're supposed to be and how we can even make those connections during this time. He feels like it'll be tied to his joy. 
Jesus says it'll be tied to his joy. You know, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Isn't that interesting? Then he says, and he says, so you have sorrow now, this is the night before he dies, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Some of you, depending on what's going on in your life in this moment, you need to receive that. No one will take your joy from you. You know, there'll be something so deep in you that life just can't steal that. You know, it can weigh down on it, but it can't conquer that. It's just an evidence of the Spirit. Or, or one other time when Jesus says, until now you've asked nothing in my name. He's talking about prayer. Ask and you'll receive that your joy may be full. Now, I used to interpret that the way I think a lot of us used to interpret that. Ask and you'll receive whatever you want so that you'll be, your joy will be full. And then you get to the point where you realize, okay, it's not quite whatever I wanted. It's more, it's more like 1 John 5, that if I ask, I know he's heard me. And if I know he's heard me, then I know I've gotten what I need. Because he's going he's gonna to redo that request into what he knows is, is better for me. So there's a joy there. That's why this is a message of life. I, I'm really burdened to convey that just to maybe help you kind of re, I don't know, recalibrate this gospel, this gospel that we have, this life that you are following. Those of you who grew up in Christian homes or those of you who came to Jesus along the way, he's invited you into life and he's trying to offer you a life that's deeper and deeper and more meaningful and more impactful. That's what this gospel is about. And that's what, that's what John is writing about. That's what he's risked his life and spent his life passing on, which is the other thing I think he's saying here is that the message of Jesus is a mes- message to share because that's what he's doing here. There are some things that, that you don't want to share for whatever reason. Like we had a, a man in our church in Maine, in Blueberry Harvest, he would always come with these fantastic blueberries but he, w- he wouldn't tell people. He was very open. He wouldn't tell people where he got them. And Cindy had it. Now, you know, you know, you know Cindy, those of you who got to know Cindy, Cindy has a heart of mercy. So she had a conversation with this, this man. He's a, he's a wonderful man. He wasn't, you know, wasn't one of those kind of guys. He was a wonderful man. And she said to him, so will you, t- you know, when you get older, what, when you can't get out in the, into the bushes anymore, will you tell people where it is? No. That just flabbergasted her. So, like, what about your children or your grandchildren? No, no. She said, so, so you'll die and nobody will know where these blueberries are. She, he said, yeah, that's right. And he has and we don't. Isn't that the crazy thing? Isn't that the craziest thing? And, that, and we're doing this, why? We're doing this, why? Yeah. None of us do that. I mean, listen to your reactions. But here we go. How many of you, you go to Kohl's or whatever your store choice is and you want to get something. You don't have your coupon, although Kohl's is great if you tell them you don't have a coupon. Talk about moments of integrity for other people. So you found this thing, whatever it is. Sometimes I find a thing, I don't want to carry it through the whole store and show it to Cindy to see if she likes it, to see whatever it is. So you do this. You hide it in the display, either behind stuff I found under towels is really effective. All right, so let's, let's be full disclosure. I'm not the only one that does that, am I? 
Oh, my goodness. Wow. So, see, I've helped you this morning in more ways than you realize, you know? Because you go back and it's gone. You only have yourself to blame. You're going to be there. You're going to say, should have done what Pastor Jeff said. Yeah, so... I've done that. I don't, you don't want to lose that. You don't, you know, so you hide it. Which is what way too many of us are doing with the gospel. Yeah, sorry for setting you up that way. Yeah. But it is. We have this thing that is too good not to share. See, that's why I want, that's why I feel like John has written it this way. That's why it really excited me to see how it's put together to us. It's reliable. And it's life. So we've got to share this. If that's what it is, that's a lot easier than sharing, than going to someone with the approach, yeah, I know this is your religion, but you're wrong. You're going to go to hell and you need to get saved. How do you feel about that? Instead of, this is this message, it's reliable. It's about life. God is trying to give you life. And I'm just here to to share that. Look at how John says in so many ways that he's here to share it. In verse 2, the life was manifest. God shared it. God put it out there and revealed this is what eternal life is. This is what life looks like. I'm sending you my son so you can see that. Remember, remember this verse in, in John 1 again. No one has ever seen God. But the only God who's at the Father's side, he's made him known. Nobody knows what God is like or looked like or acted like or anything. And so here's Jesus. We know how God responds to sinners because we watch Jesus respond to sinners. We know, we know how God responds to people that come with questions because we saw Jesus respond to that. We know that because we see Jesus. And so God has, he's shared this message with us. It's been made manifest. What was from the very beginning, God has now shared with us. And then John's just passing that on. He says in verse two, we've seen it and we testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and which was manifest to us. Watch all these words he's using of passing this on. Verse 3, that which we've seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so you may have fellowship with us, and our, indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. God made it manifest to us. Now listen, we're proclaiming it to you. That's a word we usually associate with sharing the gospel. We're proclaiming it, we're announcing it. I was interested to find, this is the word that's used in, in the gospels when the woman with the bleeding issue is healed. And Jesus says, you know, who healed me? It says the woman stepped forward and she proclaimed. This is what she did. It's a proclamation. It's just an announcing. That's what we think witnessing is. It's announcing. Here's the truth. I've got to tell you this. I've got to share this to you. But twice John uses the word testify. And really, you're testifying to what Jesus has done for you. That's a very, very powerful way of sharing the gospel, isn't it? Does this work? Yeah, my life can tell you that it works. Where were you? What was, your, what was your journey towards this? That's very effective. You'll see that in the Gospels. The woman in, in uh, Samaria, come meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Or when they press the blind man and says, well, who do you think he is? What do you think theologically? He says, I don't know. All I know is I was blind and now I see. That's testifying. You know, I don't know, I don't know all the details of your religion. All I know is that I, you know, is that I've found that Jesus Christ died for my sins and offered me forgiveness just for believing, just for following him. That's all I know. See, you have, you have one proclaim, you have two testifies. You know, and I don't think that's anything deeply theological. 
I just think we need to take note of that because we've got a message that we've got to share. That's what John's doing. John, John is sharing it and moving forward. Yeah, it's not, meant to be, it's not meant to be kept. It's meant to be shared. Hey, let's just take a moment. Hey, Dan, are you guys are you okay? You sure? Do you need some help? Or can we help your mom? Okay, great. Great. Let me just, let me take a moment. Hey, Father, just pray for Jenny. I'm grateful for her. I'm grateful Dan brings her. Just pray that, yeah, whatever's happening here in the moment, you just give her peace and, and wisdom. Turn it to good. In Jesus' name, pray that peace over Dan, too. Amen. Yeah, good. So, we're to share it because we're commanded to. Yeah, we're to, we're to share it because how can we not share this good thing? How can we not share this good thing that we found? So, you have through this, this opening, yeah, we can believe it, uh, we can receive it, we can receive that it's life, and then we can just share it. That's where John starts us. That's where he takes this whole thing. Everything else he's going to say comes into, this, comes into this thing. He wants you to experience the real thing because it's reliable, because it's about life. Yeah, and, and part of the experience will be passing it on and sharing it. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Just a message that, that helps us to see the, the grace that you have for us, your grace that you would make this manifest, that you would reveal through Jesus who you are and what you are and, and that you would reveal this plan that you've put together before the foundation of the world, the word says, this plan that, that could forgive sinners, this plan that could connect us with you once again, this plan that's not religion, this plan that's so simple. Can I say that for those of you that that haven't come to Jesus yet, this plan is so simple, it's just a matter of recognizing those things that you've done that are wrong, that God has to judge. He's judged already in the cross. He judged his son for everything all of us did. And, th and then the Bible just says that if we would acknowledge that, that we've done things that are wrong, that we deserve God's judgment, that we accept that Jesus is our savior and paid for our sin, that he'd make us his family and forgive us. And this life that we've been talking about, that eternal life, that can be yours. You just need to decide to believe that and to, to follow that as a follower of Jesus. Follow him perfectly like the rest of us, but to follow that. Every Sunday, whether in the room or on live stream, that's where praying decisions are being made. Or decisions are being made to follow more tightly, more intentionally. Or decisions are being made to be more open about sharing so that we can experience this thing John's experienced. We just give ourselves to you for that end, Lord Jesus, to your glory. Yeah, amen. Jesus, the name above.
Jen's going to pray us out in a second. I just want to say, Daphne, how good it is to see you back. We've just been praying so much for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good. Hey, and Ron and Cindy's son, Matt, leaves. you leave today to go back to school and then on to life. So we just want to pray over you as we wrap up and the good that God has ahead of you. And so don't you pray for Matt and pray us out. And then Bill and Joy will be up here to pray with you. Bruce will be up here to pray. So those burdens on your heart, or if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, boy, they'd love to do that with you. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this morning, God, and all that you're doing in it. Lord, we lift up our brother Matt, God. We pray just traveling mercies, God. We pray, um, God, that you would just lead him and guide him, Lord that your presence would just be known and radiate around him, God. I pray that you would just fill him with you. You'd protect him, God. Protect him from the things of this world, the things of the enemy, God. We pray against that. We know that the holy blood of Jesus is over that. Thank you, God. We just pray over ourselves, this congregation, Lord, your people, Lord, that we would just be a people who shows your love, that lives your love, that radiates your love, that takes the steps that you have shown, that says the words that you have placed on our tongue. Lord, I pray that we would just follow you with our whole heart. Let your heart be our heart. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great week serving the Lord.